Attention. Attention. This is not a self-help podcast. Very, very interesting plot twist today because I've recorded with this person years ago, months ago on several occasions. And I don't know, I feel like we've met in real life, followed your content for years, mostly for like the fashion. And I always listen to your podcast interviews. But I feel like in the time that, you know, we've known each other and I've watched and listened to your things, I've turned into a bit of a fangirl. And honestly, it's got nothing to do with like, okay, I love I love that for you. I love the bar stool thing for you. But like the new podcast is amazing. So it is my absolute honor to introduce you to you already know her, Alyssa Amoroso Publicity. How are you? Thank you. That's such a nice compliment. I'm so happy to like reconnect because I feel like through this pandemic, I like, you know, you're not in LA anymore. I haven't gone out there. Like, I just feel like there's so many people I haven't seen or spoken to. And it's nice to just like bond again. A hundred percent. And you know what? Like, you don't know this, but what what used to kind of connect us in the past was that it was LA. Like, you know, we had mm-hmm. kind of mutual friends in LA. We interviewed yes. some of the similar people in LA. And now you don't connect with me anymore. But I connect with you because I like listen to your <laughs> podcast. No, but well, I feel like we we've um, both kind of actually like gone in a different direction with our content and stuff. Yes, a hundred percent. I feel like yours is still, you're still kind of true to yourself, but I just feel like it's a bit more feel good. Like you're, you know, my number one feel good content creator used to be the Skinny Confidential and I still love her, but you're now like my number one feel good content. Like I go to your podcast when I just want to like feel good and feel understood. It makes me so happy. I know. It's funny also because I'm interviewing her today. (laughs) Oh, are you? Oh my gosh. So I obviously will always love Lauren and think she's great and stuff, but you know, I can't really relate to, maybe it's me being judgy but i can't relate to the mummy vibes like as soon as i see someone with a baby i'm just so judgy that i just like have a like i block myself and i'm like i can't relate it's not even that you're judgy it's like that's not the life stage that you're in so you just can't relate and that's kind of what i set out to do with my podcast i was like i feel like there's so many people like all the og influencers are having kids and like they're in relationships now and then all the younger like gen z kids are just that they're like kids. And I'm like, what about the girl in her like late twenties, early thirties, who's like single and just trying to figure out. And I was like, I'm that girl. And like, I'm not finding that many people to connect with. So there has to be other people that are feeling this way. Yeah. And like, that's one of the main reasons why I super like vibe with your content is because I mean, I'm not single now, but I still feel like until you're married and you have a baby, you still have the option of really living that like kind of single life. Like you can still go out with your girlfriends and you know, you're not shamed or made to feel guilty about it. And also you just don't have baby talks. Like I don't talk about babies all day. Totally. I know it's, it's tough because, well, I even feel that way with people talking about weddings. Sometimes I'm like, all right, anything else we could talk about like other than weddings, but it's not out of bitterness, but honestly, between no, us, when you, ha- when you have friends who talk about weddings and babies, like, how does it make you feel? Like, I want to know, like internally, like be super honest. How does it make you feel? I'm honestly not a jealous person. Like Neither. I'm really, really not. I'm more 
Um, someone described it once and this always stuck with me. It's more envy, not jealousy. So mm-hmm. I could be like, wow, I'm so envious you have that. I want that for myself, but I'm not any less happy for you yeah. that you have that. So yeah. like, sometimes I feel envy or like sad for myself, but I'm not jealous of my friends. I feel more like, wow, we're on really different pages right now. Yeah. You know how it makes me feel. So I'm someone like I've said it from like the age of 18. Like I want a fucking baby, but I have my dog. So like whatever. And the thing is, when I talk to like new moms or young moms, all they say to me is like, I don't have time anymore. I can't do things for myself. And so at first, you know, when I hear the news, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I wish it was me that could have a baby. But mm-hmm. now when they come and talk to me about their mummy lives, I just think I'm kind of lucky that I still get a bit of extra time to just like be selfish and do shit for myself. So I'm still kind of grateful for that. But at the same time, I'm like, where the fuck is my baby? It's weird because I feel like this is such a weird, like womanly thing, but I feel like biologically ready to have a baby. Like, I feel like my body's like, you're 30, like you could handle it. Mentally, I feel so far off because like, I can't imagine like raising a baby in like my little apartment. And like, I don't even know what that partner looks like. And I I work at a sports company. I feel like I'm like back in college. Like I can't mentally picture it, but like physically I can, which is like a really weird thing to say. Yeah. And you know, what's so fucking funny. So I can see it because like, you know, I, 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 I bought my first home and I'm in a relationship and like, I could see it happening now, but physically, and I'm older than you physically, I don't feel it. That's and so I don't know. I don't know if that makes me fucked up or immature, or if it just makes me just like. I mean, I did, you know, hit puberty really late in life, but it just. I feel like I'm a child, and I still feel like I'm in a child's body. <laughs> okay, I guess physically that way, yes. But mine's more like when I see little babies, I'm like, oh my god, it's so cute. I love it so much. Whereas like me ten years ago, like I'd be like, that's eh, fine. You have the like, maternal instinct more- now. Yes. I feel more like loving towards other people's children. Yeah. I guess I do. Wow. You've just made me aware that I'm like ready for a baby. Uh Uh-huh. It's really crazy because like, that's what I mean by biologically. Like something does kind of shift. It's really weird. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Let's talk about Love Island. (laughs) She's like spiraling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before we get into the episode, because I do want to talk to you about Love Island. It's my first time watching. Everyone's like, what the fuck? Deanna's watching Love Island. She's like the UK girl obsessed with America. Still am. Um, I always do my tip of the week. I don't know if you remember. So I can start with one if you you think you need time to to maybe have something or if you have something at the top of your head, feel free to... You lead us and I'll, I'll, I'll get mine to come to me. I never told anybody that. Because I'm such a good friend. I know that now you like really dress. And I mean, I think you dress amazing and I love your fashion. I love that white outfit that you were wearing at that party. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I'm still, when I'm not having to go to events, I'm still very much in my like yoga wear, like chill wear. Mm -hmm. I don't know if like for you post, you know, lockdown, you've kind of gone the other way. But for me, I'm finding it hard to like get out of the trackies. I'm finding it so hard because I work in a very casual environment and I have two speeds. It's tomboy, no makeup, like sweats, or it's like glam events, 
hair professionally done. Yes. So like I have a hard time being in between. You have a hard time being smart casual. I'm like it's like me. I'm either smart or I'm casual slash crackhead, but like there's no in between. One hundred percent. Literally. And also in LA, like always leggings. Anyway, so I used to be that girl, you know, aloe, Lululemon, all that shit. And when that's all you wear, you're either stuck with the same pair of leggings that's like black and boring and just, you know, basic because it's super expensive or you spend all your money on that shit. Because I find that like aloe and Lululemon are super, super overpriced, annoyingly so. Mm-hmm. And so I found this brand, which is a UK brand, Ooh. but they ship everywhere. And it's called Adenola. Have you heard of it? Absolutely. Because they're big on like influencer gifting and stuff. Oh, so really? Stuff. Yeah. Have you tried that stuff? I have. And they're like really like comfortable. Those like khaki colors. Yeah. So, so the fabric feels better than Lululemon. They're like a quarter of the price. So like mm-hmm. I go on their website, I buy like four leggings instead of like one that yeah. I'm not even sure I like. They have such cute colors. They have like the, sw- they have the sweats, they have everything. And I just think that the, you know, the quality and price is just exactly what you want because I don't want to go and buy something cheap because the, the whole point in like yoga wear is that it's super high quality and it's comfortable. Totally. I heebly that you like know about it. I thought I was going to be like the Oh, girl, you can't get anything past me. No, I've ordered high socks from them. And then they've gifted me. You know who else kind of is similar? Vacancy Supply. Have you seen their stuff? They're they're very like, I know these brands because I see like influencers wearing them. You know what I mean? Like the UK fashion influencers or like people that I know. Um, So you'll learn you're an American, you're someone from the UK that's obsessed with the US. I'm someone from the US that's obsessed with the UK. (laughs) Should we swap so, lives for a day? Do you want to come live here? Like, I love that. I'm like, I don't know when my obsession started, but we can get into that when we talk about Love Island. Okay, but my tip is like also about clothes. Okay, good. And maybe this is because I just had therapy this morning, but basically it's dressed for the body that you're currently in, not the body you want to have or the body you used to have. Like you can't, just like wear the sweatpants because you don't fit in anything because then you're never going to feel good about yourself. You're better off buying some clothes that fit your like bigger body or your thinner body. If you lost weight, like maybe you're underweight and you're not happy, or maybe you're a little bit heavier than you're used to being Buy stuff that make you feel confident the way you currently are versus like waiting. I'll find, I'll fit into those jeans in the back of my closet one day because that's just punishing yourself. You have yeah. to be content while working on yourself. And then maybe one day you'll fit back into those jeans. But that doesn't mean in the meantime, you should be wearing sweatpants for a year. Totally. And you know what's so funny about this? I'm hearing you talk and it's making me think of two books. There's The mm. Secret that tells you, yes. keep like wear the jeans that you, at the, uh, from the size that you want to be at. And then there's Marie Kondo, The Art of like Tidying, which is like, if it doesn't fucking fit you, get rid of it. And you've like gone full-blown Marie Kondo on us today, which I love. Marie Kondo, I had an expert come to my apartment, a Marie Kondo expert, and go through my whole wardrobe with me. And I actually took a lot of lessons away from that because there was like white blouses that I was keeping that I was like, well, maybe one day I'll like need this white blouse. And she's like, then you buy a new one then. Like, when's the last time you've worn this? And I'm like, three years ago. She's like, exactly. Like, 
get rid of it. Guess what? I've never reached for that blouse again. Like it is kind of true. Like these things are just cluttering our minds. So it's like, wear what makes you happy right now. 100%. And worry about the rest later. And it's cluttering your mind, but also the thought of having that blouse that doesn't fit you anymore gives you that like pressure that you're going to need to fit yes. into it one day. And with your tip, what you're saying is leave it behind. And by getting rid of the clothes, you're not going to even think about maybe I'll fit into this one day. You're just happy where you're at. Yeah. And I totally agree with that. Love that tip. Go read Marie Kondo, by the way, because my whole <laughs> house has been Marie Kondoed. Like I have no... Oh, everything's changed for me too. Yeah, your house. You know what? Our houses are kind of similar because, like, I also have like a Berber style rug. I have like the little poof. It looks like beautiful. Your home. Thank you. So this is my first home, my first ever home. So I've like made it exactly how I wanted it. The the house is good, but then I went more like budget on like rugs and things and like the soft furnishings. Yeah. Okay. Love Island. This is my first season of watching it. And I need someone who's been watching it for years. And I thought I could have one of my UK friends, but I, I kind of want to understand like what is it about the English culture that you like find so amazing and so funny on the show? Because like when I watch it, I'm like, oh, I know where this person's from. I know exactly what this guy's like. Like it's a bit more obvious to me. So I'm kind mm -hmm. of intrigued to first of all, understand. Well, now I know. Now I'm like, oh yeah, they're from Essex. They're from Wales. They're from like, no, yeah. I like know the dialects. I'm like, oh, they're from Geordie. Yeah, I know. I know it all now, but I don't, I don't obviously understand like the inner workings of what those stereotypes like may mean. Right. Um, so do you know what an Essex person is like? Do you know that stereotype? They're more like posh, right? No. No. Or I'm thinking of like Chelsea area. Yes. Chelsea's the, the posh. Chelsea's Chelsea. very posh. So Chelsea, they speak like this. Like it's yeah. just, they don't move their lips when they talk. Yeah. It's very like that. Uh -huh. And then Essex is like the opposite. It's like orange, the spray tan, the long oh, nails. Okay. I'm thinking of Geordie's like that. Yeah, that as well. So es Geordie is like the supersized version of that. Mm -hmm. Geordie is like the Guidos. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Essex is kind of like that in between of like you're that city girl, but you're super, super like long, very long, glam. Very glam. And like then the lips, the teeth, the, the hair, the extensions. Yes. A bit more on yeah. the tackier side, but they, yeah, they're a little bit more glam. But fun fact for you to know do you know who got me into Love Island? Who? My boyfriend. Who the oh, fuck I, in this world gets to say my boyfriend got me into Love Island? Wait, so he's from, I, obviously he lives with you now, but he's from the UK. He's from the UK. So he's from Manchester, okay. which is like north of, of yes. London. Where Molly May lives. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> do, do you, you have to watch Love Island season five because okay. the biggest star came out of season five. First of all, I want to know, did you think this season was good compared to the other seasons? Everyone said to me it was shit. It wasn't good, no. Even the end. And that hurts me to say because I love Love Island. It got better in the end. Mm -hmm. um, what made I, it shit? Usually there's like instant connections from the beginning and there's always like um, the men have more like life to them and they're funnier. Like there's always like two boys that have a bromance and they're funny and they're like the guys, like Brad was gorgeous. I think that was his name, but he was so dry. Like no one had a great personality in the beginning. And you could even hear the girls saying they're like, 
these guys suck. Like the guys weren't good. And I think it kind of like hindered like the start to the season until like the new arrivals came in and then they had more personality. Yeah. So in the UK, guys have this thing called banter. I'm sure you know what that is now. Mm -hmm. And it's just like such a thing. And I, and I think that you probably understand my humor a little bit more now that you know how the English humor works. Like, yeah, you show someone that you like them by making fun of them. And like, mm-hmm. that's what I was doing a lot in the US that people are like, oh my gosh, you're so funny. I'm like, no, I'm not funny. This is what, like, this is how my dad laughs with me. This is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't vibing with a lot of girls in America because I would like make a joke that's like supposed to show, you know, in like endearment and like, I like you. And girls were like, but they thought it was bitchy. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, oh yeah, you're so bitchy. And I was like, I'm not bitchy. This is how I like joke with you and like vibe with you. No, I could totally see that. Like that makes sense because I think that's why it's interesting for me to, well, first of all, I like the show because it's hot people. Everyone has a chance to meet someone. Like when you watch a show, like, like the bachelorette, it's one girl and 25 guys. Like this is like equal opportunity for everyone to meet someone. It's so diverse. Everyone's tan and fit and beautiful. It's just what's not to like. Like I even enjoyed the um, US version of Love Island this year. Yeah. Because they're drawing more parallels. The first season of US was like too forced. Now it's become more like the UK version and it's working well. Yeah. In general, like people just want to see hot people like hook up and like talk about their emotions and date. Yeah. So it's just, it's fun and it's so different. Um, and you need to explain for the listeners, you need to explain for the listeners because I know and I know you know what makes it so different from like a bachelorette or a Vanderpump rules or a housewives, like why, or, or even like, you know, too hot to handle. What makes Love Island so different? Well, I think there's a few things. And I don't know if my first one's going to like, is what you're looking for. But what I think is the people are like kinder to each other than like these other shows that like facilitate this fake drama. And there's not, there's not cameras in your face. They're fixed cameras. And like, I feel like the se- this season of Bachelor in Paradise isn't good because it's so obvious that producers are intervening in situations and making them do things. And it's very staged. Love Island is fixed cameras. And like, I'm sure there's producer like intervention, like a little bit, but they're kind of just going about their day. They're just like, they're all like pretty kind to one another minus like Faye blowing up one or two times, but like the girls are supportive of one another. There's so much friendship. Like it's just very pleasant to watch. Yeah. Like it's not this, it's drama in a natural way, not in a yeah. like, oh, let's bring in this person to screw with you type of way. Yeah. So I was going to say the, the exact same thing. You know, there's no music, like you get a real raw scene, but at the same time, there's more episodes. So there's more time for like things to develop and drama to develop. Whereas, you know, with the other shows like Bachelor and whatever, we only have like 10 to 15 episodes oh, per season. And it airs in real time. Yeah. Like, that's the other thing. Like The Bachelor, I read all the spoilers. I know exactly what's going to happen. With yeah. Love Island, it's like every night I'm like, oh my God, I need to tune in because I don't want to be behind. And like you're finding out with the rest of the world. So yeah. there's no like spoilers. There's You never know what you're getting. Like It makes it so much more exciting that way. I 
thought that the show started off a bit slow. So my boyfriend is like, you need to watch it. It's amazing. You know, in the yeah. UK, it's not like in the US where like you watch The Bachelorette or the boys are like, oh yeah, that's such a girl's show. Like you go watch this. I'll go watch football. In the UK, everyone is watching it. Like every girl and their boyfriend, guys will watch it together. You know, I hear people like rush home from work. <laughs> like it doesn't have that like stigma of like that's a girl's show. It's a dating show, like it does in America. And so I think that's what makes it so interesting as well, because I feel like the people on Love Island are aware that they're basically being watched by everyone and they're not just catering to a female audience. So they don't try to be more cheesy than they should be. Whereas I feel like on the Bachelor, Bachelorette, people know that it's, you know women that are watching from their homes and like god knows where in america everywhere in america and they know that they need to cater to that audience and make it super like cheesy for the women and because it's on abc which is like a family network so like up until this season or like a few seasons like they weren't really talking about sex they weren't talking about like real life shit and that's what's good about love island because it's like it's just more unfiltered. Like, like I said, I'm sure producers like tell them what to do a little bit, but it's not as blatantly obvious. Because what they do is they use the challenges, right? So they mm. give them a challenge that know what it's going to cause or what it might cause. True. And the challenges are fun to watch, but the producers are not fucking stupid. You know, on The Bachelor, I feel like the challenges and the dates were just not very well thought out for the yeah. cast. Whereas on Love so Island, true. you can tell that they're picking the challenge because they're like, this is going to stir shit between these two. So this is why we're doing this challenge. So did you enjoy the show? So in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is so bad. Like, there's no storyline. I'm just seeing a bunch of lazy people and just like laying around being like, oh, he's so fat. Like, I, I was like, this is stupid. And then my boyfriend was like, OK, it's not great this season, but keep watching. Because if you love all mm-hmm. the other Americans, you're going to love it. And then I kept watching. And honestly, this is going to be a, a bit of a hot take. Kaz made me want to watch it more. Mm. because I felt like she was, I was intrigued by Kaz because, you know, I was in America for five years watching Stasi, Lindsay Hubbard and people who are just a bit more like savage when it comes to like, yes. I love them, but they're savage. They're savage as fuck. I thought that Kaz was so lovely to everyone. This is and, what I'm saying. It's wild. No, the nice girl always fucking bugs me. The nice girl bugs me. The nice girl is not relatable to me because I just can't be that nice all the time. It just doesn't happen. And I could really relate to her because she was such a girl's girl. But at the same time, she put guys in their play. I just liked her. She took no shit. She took no shit, but she didn't have to be like savage about it. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I really respect that. So I kind of want to watch. And then the guy that she was with, I'm really bad with names, was so hot. Which one? The last, the one she ended up with, Kazan. Oh, Tyler. So hot. He is disgustingly hot. I was like, no, but they're all like, that's the thing. Like, I thought that Brad was like so boring, but like a beautiful man. Yeah, like good to look at, but I could, I could look at. You'll see in watching other seasons, like it is this nice girl dynamic. And it's different because it's like the show still has drama, but it's not about people like tearing each other down. And that's what I think is really fascinating to me. And American shows are all about that. And in American shows, like I built my podcast making fun of people tearing each other down. Yes. And I'm like, what the fuck do I talk about? Well, I know what I want to talk about. I need to know because 
I think that Faye, which obviously I'm obsessed with, like yeah. from A to Z, like obsession, obsession, is not super liked in the UK, but you love her. Um, I'm indifferent. Oh my gosh, why? See, I'm the opposite. I like the nice girls. Like, I love Liberty. But she is nice. Okay, so this is the thing. I do think Faye is deep down a really nice person. Like, I even heard some of them saying in interviews, she was the first person to be like, let me do your hair tonight. Let me do your makeup. Like, she does genuinely seem like a really caring person. I think she's the kind of person that would have benefited from, like, going to therapy before going on the show. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if she was, like, emotionally ready like you could tell she has major walls up but I'm sure she's a really sweet person but like the scene where she like was screaming at um Teddy's name Teddy what is it Teddy Teddy the scene where she was screaming at Teddy like if I was him I would not have let her off that easy like I was kind of like he's been a pushover like this girl just ripped him a new one But like, again, you could tell it's coming from a place of hurt. That's why I kind of like, I don't think she's like an abusive person. I just think she is delivery. It's the delivery. Like the intention was right. So I am fucking fascinated by these two. Part of me was like, is he just faking this? Because I don't like, he seems like such a nice person, but like, I didn't see their connection as much as they were saying they were connected. If that makes sense. Oh, I saw it. Oh my gosh. That is so interesting. I like, I was like, is he just in it to win? I don't know why I got this weird feeling about him. Cause he was so easy to like dismiss everything that she did. That was wrong. Mine comes from a very like self-absorbed perspective because we are podcasters. So there is an mm-hmm. element of us being self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. Love it. I'm that fiery girl that like people don't really get to know. And yeah, I'm not Mm -hmm. as like as much as the devil as Faye is, but I am that kind of girl that's like a bit more fiery. And most people who really, really know me have a completely different perspective of me than the people who don't super know me. Mm -hmm. And so my boyfriend is literally, I will scream, but like more. She's Teddy, you're Faye. Yeah. But like I'm I when I scream it's more of a joke. I would never scream about anything like serious, but when I scream yeah, it's like yeah. you put your shoe in my na-na-na-na-na. and then yeah. and then the problem with people like me is that I have a lot to say. I have a lot of life experience. I have a lot of opinions. And if you scream mm-hmm. back at me, I will win. I will win. If you let mm-hmm. me scream on my own, I'm a loser because I'm fucking alone. This is why I think Teddy was so smart and so amazing is because he figured out the way to make her realize that she was being the loser without actually telling her off because no one can tell someone like Faye off. Yeah. He kind of just like took a back seat and then was like, let her realize she really like blew things out of proportion. Yes. But I think that if Faye had been on an American show, people in America would have been obsessed with her. I I do, but I think because I'm used to watching Love Island and not seeing people explode like that, that's why it almost stuck out so much that she was being like fiery. The person that she reminds everyone and myself the most of is this girl, Olivia Atwood, who was on Love Island season I follow three. her. Yeah. And she was kind of similar. Like yeah. she would have like explosions, but like you could tell she was really a good person deep down. Yeah. So like- it's, it makes for good TV, but I saw that like there was ITV got all of these complaints about Faye's behavior. 
really? people saying that she was abusive and like, like, you know, they get complaints for everything, but people were like not happy with the way that she spoke to Teddy. Well, no one was happy because obviously he didn't deserve it. And she was being an arsehole, but I was just fascinated by their dynamic. And I was kind of surprised that people said that they were the least compatible, because if you think about it, they are the most compatible. They are the least likely to clash because when she clashes she just clashes with herself she has issues Mm -hmm. but he Mm -hmm. does not make her issues a them issue he doesn't engage in it no he just let it be a her issue rather than make it a them issue and i thought that was so smart and so mature yeah i get what you're saying like that's why they're compatible because they could handle each other um what did you think of jake and liberty from the beginning i mean first of all with the amount of time that he was like my girlfriend my girlfriend mm-hmm. i was like how many times do you fucking want to say my girlfriend so we uh, are aware yeah, I mean, you're just convincing yourself at this point yeah i th- to, to be fair with you from the beginning to me it felt just fake on his end not hers no obviously on his end but also when he was like i don't want to rip her clothes off like no one has ever said anything like that about the person that they're in love with i think it's okay to like develop feelings for someone over time but i think that love island is not enough time for those feelings to kind of change that way i think it's like you you can have a best friend that you've never fancied and over time and over the years you realize whoa we're really compatible but i don't Mm -hmm. think that one day you're friends with someone and a week later you're like oh my gosh, I fancy you so much. I don't believe that. What do you think? I think that they were definitely compatible in terms of like friendship. And that is why he kept hanging out with her. But he definitely wasn't in love with her. I'm not saying he didn't care for her. He didn't fight for her. She was waiting for him to fight and he didn't fight. At all. And honestly, I was just really happy that she recognized it. Is she could have kept like buying it. You know, when you really have feelings for someone, like you do buy into the fantasy. And like, I really, she's only 21. Like she handles herself with so much like maturity in class. And like, I just think it was so big of her to be like, I love him, but like, it's just not mutual. Like, I think it's really hard to recognize that when you have feelings for someone. I'm 32 years old and I would not admit that to myself. That's what I'm saying. Like it was... And like to leave the show when you know that if you win, you can get bigger deals and like more followers. Like she just was like a cool girl. I was like, wow, good for you. You're like actually a good person. These are like real fucking people with real reaction. And it's not just people there with an agenda. And I feel like, you know, when you go onto Love Island, you get bigger than when you go on Vanderpump Rules, than when you go on Summer House, than when you go sometimes on The Bachelorette. They end up bigger, but I still feel like despite that element of it, people actually go as real normal people. They don't go with an agenda because we don't have that culture of like LA, Hollywood, the publicist, like a little bit, but it's not an entire culture that we have here. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's really true. I I really want you to watch season five next because one of the people to be come out of that show being the most successful is this girl, Molly May, who has over 5 million Instagram followers. She just was appointed the creative director of Pretty Little Thing. She's I 21. saw that. That was very controversial. Yeah. yeah. She's a mega star, like mega, mega, mega star. And yeah. I just think that season specifically has like the drama and the love. And like, 
I just think it's fantastic. Like, I'm curious for you to watch that one. I need to know your thoughts on Millie and Liam because I thought they were very obvious winners. Like, I knew it was coming. Like, I was just like, cool. Do you think they'll last for a long time? I really liked Millie. Same. Um, She's a nation sweetheart. Everyone's obsessed with her in the UK now. Yeah, I just thought she was nice and cool and pretty and... um. Obviously, what Liam did was, like, kind of dickish. But at the same time, like, he really was being persuaded by, like, Jake specifically to explore other options. It was kind of shitty the way the boys were like, come on, just, like, explore it. Lad's holiday. Like, do it. I'm not excusing his behavior, but I... He was influenced. He's young. Yeah. He was very influenced. I think Liam's so hot. Like, so, so hot. So, like, I understand why she forgave him. Because if that tall of a man was like, I love you, take me back. I'd probably be like, okay. <laughs> okay, but I know he's so hot, but don't you feel like she's like too good for him? Like she's more of a complete package than he is. If he's who he portrayed himself to be towards the second half of the season, then I think he's a great guy. I think we'll see now that they're in the real world and now that they're, they have this amount of fame and they're going to be recognized and girls are probably throwing themselves at him. We'll see if he's able to remain loyal. Yeah. If he is the way he presented towards the end, then I think they have a chance of surviving. Because there was this other guy last season, same thing, like 21. And I'm like, they're not going to last. And they're still together. So like, I don't know. I do feel like in the UK, culture is different. People do get married younger and stuff. They do. And like settle down younger. So that's why I think some of the couple see more success because they just like get married young. By the way, that's something I wanted to talk to you about. A great segue. You had this episode with these two other girls in bar stools where, you know, you're like, I'm not in the stage in my life where I want to get married mm-hmm. and stuff. Like I am not married. And when I tell you I am the only person and it's because I've lived in America for five years yeah. and yep. I have one friend, one friend who is single and she cannot even find a guy to go on a date with. Because everyone's married. Because everyone's married. So I know that you give a lot of like dating advice and you do a lot of like ask Alyssa and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I feel like you have a good like psychological, sociological like insight in some way. I want to know what you would say to the girl in the UK who's like the only single one and she can barely find like one date. Is she looking only in like her immediate area? Because I guess it's like, maybe look outside your like immediate area. And also like, I never really suggest relocating for love because like, although I think that's great, like I, okay, so I'm single in New York. It's the hardest city to date in. I don't necessarily want to like move to like Texas to meet someone because it's like, then what if I move there and I don't meet someone and then my whole move was because I wanted to meet someone. Like, I just think that's too much pressure on a move, but like maybe I think if you're unhappy in your current situation and independently of dating, you feel like you need something like new and fresh, then move. And like, maybe then someone new will come with it. But I find it hard to believe there's no one like she needs to like, well, we're, the, we're Jewish. And I know you had a Jewish girl on your, but oh, like, yeah. we're, we're Jewish. So, like, in the community, it gets quite like. Yeah. Cause people also, like, I feel like at least a lot of my Jewish friends, like, there's a big emphasis on marriage where, like, people get set up. And, like, it's a big setup culture in the US where I'm like, I wish I had that. Like, why is no one setting me up? Like, I actually, like, love and respect the fact that the Jewish community is like, puts a really big emphasis on marriage. Um, so, it's probably hard for her. 
I love it. But at the same time, like once everyone starts getting married, the, the options are very few and far between. <laughs> No, that's one of the downsides but also like i've never been like a lot of my jewish friends are like i will only marry someone jewish whereas i'm like meet someone else and like maybe they'll convert for you like maybe you still raise your kids jewish like at least for me like i'm kind of open to whatever but maybe that's just because i'm not like super religious i'm more like spiritual that i'm able to say that but i'm kind of like if it's meant to like i'm not going to limit myself so much like i think as you get older I was actually thinking about this yesterday. Like when I was younger, my type was like Liam. Like I was like tall, athletic, this, that. Now I'm like, okay, you just don't have just, you can't be bald and you can't be a bad person. Like now my list has like five things where it used to have like 15. So sometimes it's just about like widening your search a little bit. (laughs) I agree. And I'm telling you now, it's not because you don't have like a super religious background because I'm Jewish from a family that's quite traditional. And I would go for the non-Jewish guy and hope that he can convert. Like I would never make someone convert. Just maybe they're open to it. Yeah, maybe you're open to it or, um, you know, me adapting as well, like kind of happening, finding a happy medium. Like, yeah. I don't think it's because you're not from a religious background. I think that some people, especially in London, you know, they're kind of stuck in their bubble and it's kind of harder mm-hmm. for them to like see outside that bubble. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of have like a new perspective on dating after seeing how people date post this lockdown? I think I just have a different outlook on life because like we went through this crazy thing and I did like so much self-help in the last like two years. So I think I've realized like with dating, like I'm just going to go into dating being 100% myself, like not who I like think I should be or who someone wants me to be. Like for years, I always had insecurity around my job. Like, you know, when you work in entertainment, I'm like, are people not going to think I'm intelligent? Are they going to think I'm just like vapid? When in fact, like I take business really seriously and, I always, so I always felt like I had to go on a date and from the get-go be like, I'm the smart woman. Like I'm, I have morals, I'm this, I'm that. But like, I wasn't showing my fun side because yeah. I was trying to be so like, take me seriously. But it's yeah. like, I was really trying to prove that more to myself than I was the person. So now I'm just like, if you don't get my job, like the hell with you, then you're not my person. Yeah. So like, I think it just kind of taught me to just go into things like being yourself yeah. And um, like I said, just doing the self-work, like it's made me realize that like, I also want someone that wants to do self-work. If you're yeah. not open to it, then that's a problem for me. Because if we are dating and we hit a road bump and you don't want to go to therapy, then that's probably an issue for me. So right. just kind of like getting in tune with yourself, I think helps you realize like what you need in a partner. I mm-hmm. want to give my personal critique on one of the Ask Alyssa's because okay. I really disagreed. <laughs> Tell me. And I want to like an Ask Alyssa of my opinion of the Ask Alyssa. All right. All right. Uh, because I'm I was curious. listening to this and I think it's always fun when you're a creator to have someone who like really listens and who's like, I disagreed with your producer's advice. I was really pissed off at your producer. <laughs> okay. Okay. So tell me the question because I'm so curious. Okay. So you had this girl and I'm hoping to like change your perspective because I don't want to be the only bitter one. You had this girl who was like, yeah, I'm like dating. I've been on a few dates th- with this guy, but he's a bad tipper. And oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, 
And she was like, it makes me uncomfortable because like, you know, maybe he doesn't have enough money or like, you know, but at the same time, I feel like there were, you know, instances where he was kind of stingy and a little bit cheap Mm. and whatever. And I feel this is what I felt in that moment, but I could be wrong. I feel like people are scared to shame other people for being stingy because they're afraid that it's going to make them come across entitled and privileged because Mm. like it's easier for someone who's privileged to not be stingy or, or it makes you seem like you are not modern, like, oh, men should pay. And I, I can't. Like people are nervous of not seeming like they're modern or progressive. Yes. And I feel like that kind of happened there. Old values aside, being cheap is one of the worst faults that you can find in a person. Because when you are stingy with your money, you then become emotionally stingy. You become like, I, I just think it shows in all these different situations. Not to mention that if you're trying to impress a girl, just suck it up and give a 10% extra tip on the day. Like yeah. suck it up. Don't get your latte the next morning. It's kind of common though for people to be cheap here, like in the US. Not that, I mean, it's frowned upon, but I feel like there are people that are just like cheap. So like, I think my, what was, I think my advice was like, so then you pitch it and pay the tip or say something to the person. But I don't think it's necessarily a deal breaker in a relationship. Why not? I'd be fine with it. Well, because I think you could talk through things. Like you could say, like, "Hey, this made me uncomfortable." Like, could you? Yeah, but I think she gave the advice of she pays the extra bit of the tip if she feels bad. But I was more on the vibe. What if you make? What if you make just as much as your partner? But it's not about that. It's not tit for tat. That's why I disagreed. It's about the gesture. It's about showing that you would like to make that gesture. And if you are unwilling to make that gesture, that is a super red flag for me. You're saying it's more of an integrity thing than like a monetary thing. Like it shows more of your character. That is why I was like super deal breaker. I was like, I wish I was in that room with Alyssa. I wish I could like say something because like, as I say, when you go into dating now and you've said this too, you want to be yourself. And like, I feel like when someone shows that, you know, their values are stingy, it's going to show in so many other situations. It's going to show with how much love they give to their children. It's going to show with how much love they want to give your parents. If you ever get married down the line, like, I just feel like it's going to show in so many different situations that have nothing to do with that initial like date tip thing. I wonder if it is a cultural thing a little bit too, or just like the way like people are raised because I put a clip of it on TikTok on like my tea with publicity TikTok account. And I had hundreds of comments and like a lot of the men were commenting being like, if she's complaining so much, then she should just pick up the tip. And like, that was like unanimously the opinion. I am dying. See in the UK, you know what? I need to tell this to my UK guy friends because my UK guy friends would be like, First of all, we don't do tips in the UK. So like we don't have that culture, but there would be like, if it was expected of us to pay the 20%, obviously we'd pay the 20%. 
it's weird though. Cause I grew up from like a traditional Italian family and like my dad takes care of things. And like, that's how I grew up too. But like dating in New York and like seeing the way some guys are, there's times where like, I've talked to guy friends and they're like, Oh no, if I don't like the girl, like we split the check. And I'm like, what? Any of my guy friends here, and I have many of them because I grew up here, would be like, I don't care if this girl is a fucking asshole. Like, obviously, I pick up the check. That's how I was raised too. But I just think times are changing, unfortunately. But I think the values should have nothing to do with the monetary aspect of it. And that is why I felt there was such a disconnect. And I feel like there's still a disconnect, even if you want to be modern and you agree with the fact that the girl should pitch in and should pay. I think there still should be an element of like, just because I'm modern and I think we should like split doesn't mean the guy should be stingy. I feel the guy should still show that he has some form of generosity just as you're yeah. expecting us to not show up on a date with unshaved armpits and also like, just how- like human for respecting your servers but a hundred percent that's what yeah. i mean the stinginess yeah. because you know I, as as progressive as people want to say they are and as modern as people want to say they are if you showed up at a date with unshaved armpits you best believe the guy's going to go to all his friends and be like i'm not going to see her again that girl was hairy as fuck so true they're still gonna fucking say that so why yeah. is it so crazy for us to say um why can't you just show that you're just not stingy on like our first few dates? Yeah. Like you're saying like women should feel empowered to like speak about how they really feel without feeling like judged. Yeah. It's such a double standard. It really is. It's a double standard. So I kind of wanted to bring up that other aspect of it, which is like, why is it so bad to say, I want the guy to show me that he's not stingy. Even though we want to pretend there's not, there's, a wage gap too, where men make more money. So it's like, if you're making more money, and this is how I also feel with dating. It's like, if you ask me out, you pick the spot. I expect you to pick up the bill because uh, you're choosing the place that like you're choosing the monetary value. Like either you're choosing, let's go to pizza or you're choosing a five-star restaurant. If you're choosing a five-star restaurant, I'm expecting that you pay. Like, why should I be expected to split that? If you're asking me out and you're picking the place. A hundred percent. old school in that way. I've only ever, ever in my life paid for a date once. I completely agree with you in the sense that like, you probably don't give a fuck if someone takes you to McDonald's. You'd be happy to sit on a bench and have like a chilled, romantic, cutesy yeah, burger with someone. you're asking me to go to Craig's or Catch and then you're expecting us to split, it's like, you picked this. You picked this. And all I wanted to say to the T-Tribe is that next <laughs> time you get a guy who's like, how dare you expect him to pay? You go and fucking tell them, how dare you expect me to shave? That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> And that's the tea. <laughs> I, love it. I feel like this whole episode was meant for me to have my rant about this. Ask Alyssa. I, no, I, I see your, I hear you. I see you and I get it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I literally am so happy that we had this discussion about dating, England, the US, Love Island, everything, everything. Can you please tell everyone where they can find you? Please promote your TikTok because that is one of my favorite things that you do. Thank you. No, I'm so happy that we reconnected. Um, yeah. So my TikTok is just publicity, P-U-B-L-Y-S-S-I-T-Y, play in words between the word publicity and my nickname, Liss. So publicity as is like all my platforms on Instagram. And then my podcast is 
T with publicity spelled the same way. So everything's just like always linked to my bio. So whether you go to my TikTok or my Instagram, you can find everything there. You favorite podcast of mine. So my other tip of the week is go listen to her show and thanks for your time. And I'm going to let you um, head to your meeting in your sick outfit. (laughs) 